Hello and welcome to the wrap up. I'm your host, Oren Weisfeld. It has been quite a while since I've done this show, but I'm very happy to be back with you all. Uh, joining me today is Kelsey O'Brien from Dishes and Dimes, BasketballNews.com, and also Raptors Republic, where she covers the Raptors 905. Kelsey, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, you know. I was just saying we got treated to one of the best preseason games we will get to see probably this year. I would I would count it almost an overtime game, mm-hmm. uh, which I had mixed feelings about. Like if if we had to sit through overtime, how would you feel about that? Honestly, uh, I'd probably love it to be honest. I was I was kind of hoping for it to go to overtime. Yeah, it's like mixed feelings because I would be down, but at the same time, it's Saturday night, like. You, you can't cheer for preseason overtime in your right mind, you know? But here we are. doing. <laughs> we're doing exactly that. Yeah. Uh, so the <laughs> we Raptors, weren't cheering like Ennis Cantor was at the end, though, acting like they won a championship. <laughs> no, and, and that, that was the same as, like, Andre Drummond doing the pumping, pumping up the, the sky and then, and then Fred getting him back from it. Like... <laughs> It's not a big deal, but uh, the Raptors fell to the Celtics 111-113, their third preseason game. They are 1-2 and two now, um, but I feel like from a Raptors perspective, there was a lot of great stuff to take from that game, honestly. Like, you know, the the guys who you're going to count on, OG, Fred, they were both pluses in this game, so mm-hmm. it was more so the, the fringe guys who kind of lost it to the Celtics, but I, I feel like overall, like, really great game from a lot of the Raptors and I feel like their schemes are coming together a little bit so I want to start with OG uh because like I've been very hesitant to like you know a lot of people want to crown OG and say like let him be the number one option this season like people have been very high on OG for a very long time and I've always been skeptical about it because he's only shown flashes only Mm -hmm. um and a lot of people will say, like, yeah, he's only shown flashes because they just haven't given him the opportunity, right? And now that he's getting this opportunity, he's really running with it. And, like, now this is three preseason games in a row where OG is just, like, he's been their best player and it, it hasn't been very close. So what have you thought of OG so far in preseason? And and do you agree with the people who say that he should have, like, the biggest usage on this team? Um. If I say no, those people are gonna kill me. I know but his I his fa- his 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 beehive is really yes. like strong. <laughs> the beehive. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely agree with you that he what we saw we saw in spurts, and I don't think he's necessarily a number one option yet. But we don't have a team that really requires a number one option from what I've seen in the preseason. So if he can still give us those spurts, but give them maybe a little bit bigger then he is going to be a force yeah yeah and and i still uh think like pascal is the guy who deserves that that number one usage um because i just don't really see like the point in rushing og's development i guess like i think it's okay if you take it slowly with him and and every season it's kind of like incrementally gets bigger but what have you seen like if anything in preseason that's just kind of stuck out to you about his game I guess I guess just um 
his willingness and his comfort doing things that he wasn't really doing before, you know, before he was such a, a defensive menace, but now we've seen him take a little bit more of the offensive role. Yeah. And I think that's something that we not, not that he was lacking, but something that we didn't get to see as often as we do now. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, I forget who was talking about this, but like we talk a lot about like two way players, but it's really hard to, play defense at the level that og we've gotten used to seeing from og and also like be a primary guy on offense so i'm still curious to see like throughout 82 game season like can he keep it up on the defensive end like he has in the last few seasons while also adding this huge offensive load that i think remains to be seen but like i I have faith that he'll do it but this off the dribble shooting for me is like the thing that's really duck out like this is a catch and shoot but he i'll try to find a clip of it right now but like he's been taking these sidestep threes he's just dribbling into threes like with with jason tatum's hand in his face and like that is the shot that the raptors don't have in their book because that is a shot that in the playoffs you can get to it like it doesn't matter who's defending you in that situation like a pull-up three is just a shot that you can go to at any time when when you need a bucket. So if if OG is gonna like have that consistently, I think that'll bode really well for the Raptors. Like whether he's the first option or not, right? Um, I don't think he needs to be the first option. I think he just needs to be a solid option. I don't think, yeah. but I mean, that's where I guess my viewing of the game differs from other people's. That I don't really think that we need a constant consistent number one option when we have so many guys that can do so many different things no i think like oh i think like nick nurse agrees with you like the the way that he's structured this team has been like whoever's night it's gonna be it's gonna be their night Mm -hmm. and like everyone there's gonna be a lot of nights where different guys have the scoring high right and and you're right when their offense is humming that's absolutely true like there isn't one guy isolating. It's just a bunch of different guys within the rhythm of the offense. And like that does definitely has not been the case in preseason. The offense has not been humming, but I agree with you that like, that is the goal, I guess. Um, Yeah. And I think it's a lot of that comes from Nick nurse's coach coaching time in the G league, because you don't have the same options every night. You know, they get picked up or they get called up. And you have to go to your next man. So I think continuing to have that next man is going to bode very well for this team. Yeah. And I want to talk about the the G League kind of players definitely towards the end. But that's a good point. Um, the other guy I want to get to in this game is Gary Trent Jr. Because, I mean, I don't know how active you've been on Twitter in the past few days. I've been not participating in the conversation, but yeah. I have seen that a lot of people have been, I guess, talking, I I guess after the last preseason game, Gary Trent was like a big topic of conversation because I think he had like 11 shots and they were all like pull up jump shots. A lot of them were like long twos and people were kind of questioning like, where does he fit into the offense and, and what is his role on this team? And where does he, where are his, you know, room for improvements? Um, But I'll just say like, Personally, I, I felt like this game, he was a different player than last game. Like I, I felt like he was getting his shots within the rhythm of the offense, taking way better shots. Even though he missed a couple like great looks from three, he was taking better shots and he was moving the ball. And he was also like playing defense, which we don't always see from him. Like 
I think he picked up a block that was very close to a charge, and it was just like, okay, I don't really care because Gary Trent Jr. getting on the floor is like a, a huge sign for him, right? Yeah, sorry, just one second. My cat wants in. Okay, let the cat in. If the cat has any Gary Trent Jr. takes, we welcome that. From... Well, so you think of Gary Trent Jr. No, I, I think what Gary is doing, that's what the preseason is for, right? Because there's things that you can do in a preseason game that you can't necessarily do in a practice. You can't get that feel for your shot. And if he's going to be a score first, primarily player, then that's something that he needs. Those are the, the kinks he needs to work out in the preseason. Yeah. And uh, Scotty Barnes found him a couple times on like cuts to the rim, which is another part of his game that we just haven't seen from him before. It was, it was a thing Norman Powell definitely had in his game. And it, if, if that's the way that he's going to get to the rim, then like I welcome it because we're going to see a lot of post-ups this year between Barnes and Siakam and OG and, and there has to be movement off that stuff. And Trent is a good player to give them options out of those kind of post-ups. And, and that actually brings me to like another topic of conversation with the Raptors fans, which is like the starting lineup. So I'll ask you, who do you think between like Trent and, Goron, really, which are the main two options. Who do you think should start at that two guard, and and why do you think so? Um, I'd say Gary. I think at this point, just because Goran Dragic can provide so much for the bench and for the guys that kind of need that that push or that guidance. And Gary seems to he seems again like Norm Powell just to thrive in the starter position. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Although it's still like, uh, I mean, three preseason games in, we've only seen Goron start and it has not gone well. Yeah. So I, I think at the very least, Trent deserves like a, a chance in, in one of these or, or a couple of these preseason games to see how he fits. But I think I agree with you just in terms of like letting him play off of players rather than like take the ball and, and create from himself it makes a lot of sense. But I also see the side of things where people say, look, like Pascal is out to start the year. You're pretty limited on scoring and creation. And that's where that's where maybe um, Goron comes in because he can he can provide some creation, some ball handling, some playmaking. And so at least until Siakam returns, I also do see that side of things. But but I would lean Trent for now. Especially when it comes down to defense, too. I mean, Gary Trent Jr. is not a defensive-minded player, right? So if you're going to surround him with four guys who are, right. then that's just that's going to benefit both the bench and the starting lineup in the long term. Yeah. Um, one more guy before we get to a couple, like, fringe G League guys who might play in the 905 this season is uh, Precious Achua. I want to talk about him because I feel like he's just like he had a kind of rough start to this game where it seems like I don't know if it's nerves coming into play, but there's a lot he can do. But he was just kind of overexcited to do those things and, and it wasn't working out for him. But so far in preseason, he's shown that defensive flash. He's he's shown the ball handling and transition. And I think he's shown a lot of skills for a 20 year old that like Raptors fans should be excited about him, right? definitely I mean he's 20 years old and all of the things that he's doing and it's like it's like Nick Nurse said to him okay you need to improve this and he said okay I'll improve this 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 and this he's doing a little bit of everything 
which is kind of what I've gathered from what they're doing this year with the not having a starting lot, like are not having a number one option is just have everyone do a little bit of everything. And he is, he is precious, the overachiever. And I yeah. think that's kind of also where it's Norm Powell used to do the same thing where he tries to do too much. And I think that's the same thing that's happening with precious. So once he realizes what he's really, really good at and focuses on those things, he's going to be an absolute menace. Yeah, and I, I think once the regular season starts, he's going to have to, like, focus on those things rather than doing everything. But I do think, like, you'd rather see during preseason a guy kind of expand his, his toolbox and, and show all the things that he's been working on, you know, in the offseason rather than just, like, be really hesitant, you know, a kind of Ben Simmons situation where, like, he's hesitant to do things that he's not 100% comfortable with. And then you you go down that road longer and longer to the point where like you're you're in such a tight, tightly defined box that you can no longer really bring these things in a in a game setting. So I've been really impressed with 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 Precious. Like he does make a lot of mistakes for sure. He he's still pretty raw on the offensive end. Um and and his three-point shot today, he was taking it at the beginning and then and then his confidence waned and then it, it, it kind of ruined the offense a little bit because he didn't want to take it anymore. But uh, defensively and, and the ball handling stuff, like I'm really impressed. And I think once like it's definitely not all put together yet, but once he puts it together in like a defined role, I think he can be really useful for the Raptors. Like also the rebounding, the shot blocking, those are just things they didn't have last year. Right. That's the thing with precious is the, what he brings in rebounding alone is something that was so needed for this team. Yeah. For sure. And then I want to, I want to get into also like, so these are guys that I wrote about recently at Yahoo. And, and it's kind of an interesting battle between the backup point guard spot with Malachi Flynn and Delano Banton. I'm curious who you think, I guess, who who needs more reps? Who could use like a, a 905 role to start the season more, do you think? Um, the thing is, I feel like Malachi has very much carved out who he is as a player, whereas Delano seems more willing to make the adjustments necessary to be successful and to not only as an individual player, but a team player. And I don't think that Malachi has or will. So I think when it comes to reps, I mean, Delano could use the reps, but Malachi should use them, I guess is what I'm getting at. But he's not, you know what I mean? But he's not no. going to. So, you okay, you're saying Malachi should expand his game yes. beyond what he's shown. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. I think, like, with Malachi, and this is what I wrote about, too, is, like, it feels like he's not a good fit in the system, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, what you're saying is – He's a pick and roll player and he'll take those outside shots. But like in terms of it feels at times like he's doing one thing and the other four guys are doing something else. Right. Whereas yeah. Anton, he fits right into that, like play defense, block a shot, grab a rebound and run. And, yeah, and I it feel seems like um, like Malachi is very, you know, when we had him last year, it was great because he was the backup Fred. But now we don't really need a backup Fred because Fred is our number one starting point guard. So, and Fred's, Fred can adjust his game a lot more than Malachi can so far. I mean, 
it did take Fred a while to get there as well. So I don't want to can't like count Malachi out yet. But but you're right. I don't think that this is a system that he's going to thrive in. Whereas Delano fits like a glove. Right. <laughs> that's that's exactly what I wrote. And I think it's important also though for Raptors fans to note that like progression isn't linear. And if Malachi has to play in the 905 for half a year or a year, like that's okay he could do that, expand his game a little bit and then come back and, and play a role on the Raptors and vice versa. Same for Delano and like, or maybe he just has to wait a season and like, maybe the Raptors won't be as aggressive next season in terms of like this run and gun style. And, and so maybe he'll be a better fit next season. I just don't think it's like the end of the world for a 30th pick. It's not like you invested a ton in this guy. Like, yeah. To, to have to play in the G League and 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 wait a little bit longer before getting regular NBA minutes, right? Yeah, the thing with, with Malachi, though, is I see a lot of what we saw with Shamari Pons with the 905 um, in the 2019-2020 season where he was, you know, he was on a, a two-way contract and he would come down to the 905 and it was, it was the Shamari show. It wasn't a team basketball thing. And I'm afraid that that's what would happen with Malachi as well, that he wouldn't use this to improve his team playing or his like in- inclusivity in, in his game. And he'll end up in the same situation. That's a great point because at summer league this year, everyone was raving about Malachi and saying how, wow, he looks too good for summer league, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, in the back of my head, I was like, he does look good. He's scoring a lot really effectively, but for a guy that is is like way ahead in terms of his experience level, I want to see him involve his teammates more yeah. rather than what he was doing, which was just taking a scoring role and putting up a lot of shots. And like, yeah, he was scoring them, but I was like, I, I'm worried a little bit just that he's not really making his teammates better. Yeah, And, and yeah, I think we're seeing the exact same thing at the NBA level now. He doesn't really make his teammates better. And it's not a great system fit. And and I, yeah, that could be a worry for sure because that's not how the 905 play either. So I, I don't know how he fits in there, but just like you said, if he could get there and, and they could kind of convince him to expand his game a little bit, I think that's probably the best place for him to do it. Yeah. Um, In terms of 905, are there any other guys that you've been watching, whether it's the two way guys or, or anything else? Like who else are you excited for this season as a 905 player? Everyone that we've seen so far in preseason and summer league has been so good that my 905 agenda is just like destroyed because they're they're going to want to be on want everyone on the main roster, right? So who are they going to have left for the 905? I was really hoping we could have a Delano Benton 905 superstar, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to stay right up there with the main club. So I guess I mean yeah. we haven't seen a lot of David Johnson. We haven't seen really any Ishmael Wainwright. So I'm I'm hoping to see some of the, those guys on the 905. Um, Freddie Gillespie I think could really improve with the 905. He didn't really get that opportunity last year with with the the 905 being in the bubble and everything. So I think he needs some time with the 905. I don't see him making you know these final cuts. So hopefully he does decide to go down to the 905. Yeah, I was also excited to see Banton, the lead point guard, for like a lot of minutes. But you're right. Although like with the new format this year, I think there's a pretty good chance that some of those guys will play the, is it the Commissioner's Cup? 
what's the name of the tournament? I don't in... remember what the name of the tournament is, but it right. is the first half is like a tournament and then it's the regular right. season. I think there's a chance that a couple of those guys play the tournament and then go up to the Raptors. So that could be fun. But David Johnson also, he, he actually showed today for the first time a couple of flashes, just like really smooth off the dribble game. And he had that mid-range where he, he created so much separation. Um, and that'll be a guy who I'm sure will be on the team to start the season. And Gillespie, like you mentioned, his his contract is uh, the guarantee is pretty small. So I think there's a he could reasonably play for the 905. And yeah, I definitely see that more than the Raptors because he's just had a really, really bad preseason, unfortunately for him. Um, but yeah, I feel like the thing is, if they do let some of those guys run, at least for the cup, the tournament, like they'll win. The oh, 905 could sure, just yeah. win. They could I mean, run they did last with year with a lot less, right? They they smacked everybody last year with a lot less. So, yeah, and they'll be back, right? In yeah. Mississauga. Yeah, that's the plan. Well, that'll be fun. Um, the other, I guess, the last thing I really had, and then if you want to talk about anything, we can. But the last thing is like, um, the defensive scheme that the Raptors are running. I'm wondering, I want to just get your thoughts because like there was a lot of times this game where they either doubled the post and then the, the Celtics got like a clean three out of it. Tatum had some really nice passes. So credit to him uh, for breaking the system. But so far through these preseason games, especially the last two, the Raptors are continuing to play their really aggressive defense where they're doubling the post. They're doubling certain guys like Tatum on the perimeter. And then they're getting burned for it more often than not. And it was the same thing they did last season. And a lot of people, I, I think it's like a divisive topic, I would say, within Raptors fans. So where do you stand on the scheme? Do you think they should simplify it or not? I don't necessarily think that they should simplify it. But I think that once teams across the league have figured it out, you kind of have to change it up a little bit. Because if they know, okay, every time we come down, they're going to double in the post, then they're going to pass out of it. And then you're going to be left scrambling on the weak side. So mm -hmm. I think that it's it needs to be more on a broader spectrum of defense. Yeah, that's a good point. I just don't know how you switch it up while maintaining the base defense. I think that you're right. Like it is going to get easier to score against the more teams expect it. And, and Boston was actually the team in the playoffs that really like learned how to beat it. So maybe Boston, like Boston and Philly are bad examples because it's Embiid and a team that they has really learned to scheme against Toronto. So I think all of like the freaking out will get simmered down at some point. Um, yeah, yeah. And you and I were on the same call, on the same media call, where Nick Nurse said he's not going to throw everything out in preseason. He's not going to, you know, put all of his eggs in one basket in the preseason. So it's not like this is going to be the only thing that we see all year. Right. And then, like, the other point I would make is that I've always been in favor of, of this defense. I think in order to, like, in, in order for the Raptors to be greater than the sum of their parts, they need to do something unique. They can't just play, like, a drop defense with, like, Ken Birch and expect to be like one of these great defensive teams, they need to do something. And, and this at least is something. And I think, you know, a bringing in once, once Boucher and Siakam are back, Utah guys who a know the system and B are really like long and, and cover a lot of ground that'll help. And, and B like people are complaining about a system that 
they've had seven days, like eight days now to, to practice. Like it's very, it is ugly, but it's going to get better each and every week. Like that's, that's just the nature of, of giving guys more experience with the system, getting guys more reps and, and bringing your veterans back healthy. I think, I think the system is going to get better and better as the season goes on because like, yeah, today Al Horford and Romeo Langford really burned the Raptors, but like, is that so much worse than Jason Tatum going for 30? It's like, I'm okay with that. That's just how that's I same. And I mean, it's the preseason at the end of the day, it's the preseason. The, the goal right now is to just see what works. It's not right. like this is not set in stone. This is, it's entirely fluid until October 20th. And then you really start to kind of hammer out what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Uh, last question in term that I have is the other yeah. starting spot. Uh, well, Siakam is out. I think it's between kind of like Boucher, Scotty Barnes. You could throw uh, a Chua in. Do you have any anyone who you think kind of should slot into Siakam's spot until he gets back? I have no idea. Anyone? Yeah. Don't we don't need a set a set starting lineup? I don't know who decided that whatever 75 years ago but times have changed you don't need a set starting lineup it's enti- it should be entirely matchup driven i think i think last year was like a franchise high for for starting lineup so yeah maybe maybe i mean maybe it didn't work agrees. last year but <laughs> maybe it'll work this year no 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 yeah anything else that stood out to you this game or maybe one of the past preseason games or, or just something you're looking forward to this season I'm just looking forward to watching all these guys. I mean, I I understand people are probably going to kill me when they watch this, but I watch the game a lot differently than most people. I don't really care how far we go in the playoffs. I just want to see these guys all be their best. So if I can see just even minimal progress between now, the regular season, and come playoffs, then it's a win for me. Yeah, and I think that's a very nice, wholesome note to end it on. Um, I sometimes wish I saw it more that way in terms of not like getting so upset when you lose on a buzzer beater. But for the most part, I agree. Like it is about the players and, and cheering for guys who represent your city. And, and I think that's a huge part of it. So anything to plug before we wrap this up? No, just watch the nine Oh five this year. That's a great point. Where can people watch the 905? Tell them. You can watch the 905 on the NBA G League website. You can watch it on Twitch. And I think there are some um, games on TSN or Sportsnet this year. Yeah. And also go to a game. They're cheap. They're yeah, fun. Yeah, they're cheap and they're fun. Yeah. And they'll be, they, they could be really good at least to start the year. Uh, so thanks for joining me. Thank you all for, um, for listening, for watching. This will also appear, by the way, in your podcast feeds as the Raptors Reaction Podcast because Samson took the night off. So, um, yeah, we will. you can listen to it as a podcast. If you didn't catch it as a YouTube show, then I hope you enjoyed it. And we will be back on Monday. Uh, I will not be here, I don't think, but people, two people from Raptors Republic will be here. <laughs> on monday we're gonna kind of keep cycling through people this season and we will be pretty much every raptors game will be live on youtube and twitch right after so join us for as many as you can uh like the video share it subscribe and and we'll catch you next game thanks